This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today on Fish in Paul Bunyan Country, we check in with Travis Peterson, not only an excellent angler, but the assistant girls basketball coach at Bemidji High School. So we'll talk hook sets and hoops coming up next. I turn the lake into a big old ass. I never use this for 20 pound tails. If you're fishing with me, you're fishing with the best. And if you're not, who is this? You're gonna be. I catch more fishes than the seagull birds. If you all ain't fishing, you're a bunch of nerds. Cause the fishes all tremble at the side of me. Cause I'm fishing. Bob Bunyan. Yeah. Country. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. It's time to check in with Travis Peterson, one of our favorite people. Uh, we got so many. Like I say that a lot. I got a lot of favorite people when it comes to Paul Bunyan Country outdoors. Travis, there's just so many great anglers up here and, and great communicators that uh, I, I'm pretty privileged and pretty blessed to talk to a lot of them. You're certainly one of them. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Well, and you know a lot of those guys too, right? I mean, we uh, we really are blessed with a lot of really smart people when it comes to fishing in this neck of the woods. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing how um, you know how skilled and and uh, how advanced our, our anglers have become. I think over the years. I mean, we've always I think had good good fishermen, um, fisher people in the Bemidji area, but uh, you know that expands to really all of northern Minnesota. Um, and you're right, we, we have a lot of friends that, you know, are in the fishing game, and, and we learn from each other all the time. One thing about anglers is they seem to get excited when they um, learn something new, and they're pretty willing to spill the beans and, and share that with others. So it seems like every every season we're learning new things. So tell me a little bit about your summer so far. I know there's been a lot of tournaments, a lot of bass fishing. How's it been going for you? Uh, it's been a good summer. Yeah, I've been fishing pretty much uh, 100% bass, uh, a little bit of panfish, I guess, on the side, but uh, pretty much bass fishing. Um, you know, around home here, it's been uh, a mix of largemouth and smallmouth fishing. Uh, spent some time on leech earlier in the summer here, um, chasing mostly the smallmouth. Uh, spent a week up on Rainy Lake for the Fort Francis Canadian Bass Championship, and that's pretty much all smallmouth um and i'm going back up to rainy uh the end of this week um next week international falls has their bass tournament and uh again that'll be smallmouth but around home it's been a mix you know it's it's more largemouth around home for the most part on a lot of our lakes but uh more and more smallmouth are showing up and sometimes i'm you know i'm, I'm targeting largemouth and and i catch a smallmouth <laughs> That is uh, that is something that certainly has changed. I mean, uh, it, you know, inv- they invaded Leech a while ago, and and it's really they've really come into their own there. And certainly, we've found that, and you know, on the turtle chain and lakes up here, the the smallmouth keep going further north. Yeah, they do. I don't know. Uh, it's it seems like once they take root in a body of water, they thrive. Um, you know, obviously, it takes time to build, but. Uh, kind of like growing a, a tree you know it, they're slow to go to start with but uh once they after a few years they can really take off and, and that's definitely happening in, you know in a number of our lakes um 
There's so many Petersons to keep up with when it comes to tournaments. There's you, and there's your brother Craig, and there's your nephew Charlie, and there's your son Jace. Uh, how are the Petersons doing this year? Uh, it's been a good year. Um, Tournament-wise, we're, we're doing well. Uh, we've, we've been mixing it up. Um, at the Fort Francis Canadian Bass Championship, I fished with Jace. Uh, the weights were off the charts, record weights. Um, I think that tournament's been going for about 30 years, and the winning weight was an all-time record. Um, we had, I think Jason and I had enough weight most years we'd finish in the top five and, and we were 16th this year. Uh, it was real good fishing. We had, oh, about 17 and a half pounds a day, uh, for five, five smallmouths. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, my uncle John, he fishes with Gussie, our, our friend Jeff Gustafson, and they fished that tournament together a long time and they've won it a couple times. Uh, they finished fourth i believe um so yeah we had a good week up there it was just incredible fishing uh very good smallmouth fishing and if you get uh you know out away from the banks you're you're catching a lot of walleyes mixed in and and some big northerns i caught two of the two of the biggest northerns of my life up there one day pre-fishing on the same day um and and you know just not even trying for them just fishing with a a small jig for smallmouth and and cut you know uh, big pike we caught big walleyes we caught some big crappies it's just a fun week but um other than that we've uh early on in the year there was a, a bass tournament on on leech um a new a new tournament that um the grand uh i'm sorry the walker area hockey association is is uh just launched this year and and they didn't have a lot of boats this year but i think it's going to build and um i fished that with john we were I think we were one place out of the money. We were seventh or something like that. I think Jason, Charlie got the money. They were about fourth or fifth. Um, and other than that, we fished some smaller tournaments. Uh, Charlie was just down on Pelican Lake by Pelican Rapids uh, with Joe Yeoman. Uh, they both work at Northland. They were just down there for an EDAC, uh, which stands for Eastern Dakota um, Bass Club tournament there was about 35 boats and they were second in that one uh that was on on uh saturday this week so or last week i should say um but now we head up to eye falls the end of this week with two teams um i'll fish with craig in that one and jace will will team up with john so we'll have two teams up there and, and that's always a fun week I did forget to mention that Craig and, and Scott Anderson just finished fifth last weekend in the Kenora Bass Invitational oh. on Lake of the Woods. That's a big one. They've done, yeah, that's a big one, about 125 teams. Uh, they've done done real well there over the years. They've fished it about five years now, and they're rarely out of the, I don't think they've ever been out of the top ten. They've won it, and they've been second, and I think this is the second time they've been fifth. Um, so they're pretty dialed in there, and... Again, there there was record weights. Um, I think the top two teams were were both higher than any weight they've ever had. Uh, you know, winning weights. In fact, Craig and Scott's weight would have won some of the other years, and including the year that they won, they, they actually had a better weight than the year they won, which I believe was two thousand one. So, yeah, our lakes, you know, are just uh, just keep kicking out the you know the fish. Um, there's it's just it's just amazing to me, you know the the how how healthy our fisheries are. 
Oh, it, you know, it's true. I, I, I was just talking uh, to Nate Blazing down in the Brainerd area and talking about, you know, I don't know if it's better management, if it's better education, if it's better gear, certainly better sonar, or if it's a combination of all that. But, I mean, there's just no – I mean, even the dog days aren't, aren't the dog days they used to be. There's still fish to be caught. Exactly. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's a combination. Um, you know, the anglers have have adapted and and they're you know just always learning and finding you know new ways to catch them and and uh, modifying their approach a little bit and just enough to uh, you know keep getting more bites than they used to get. And um, I think social media too has had a big part of it in it with the availability of information and. And, uh, you know, the, the opportunity for people to learn is the learning curve is just so much faster than it, than it was 20 years ago or, you know, or longer. Um, and I, I think that it's pretty cool time to be, you know, if you're a young person to grow up and, and, uh, have those things at your fingertips to, you know, learn from people, uh, whether it's on radio shows like yours or, jumping on youtube and watching videos on you know how to catch a certain species with a certain technique you can get educated pretty fast and when i was a kid we had to wait till saturday mornings and watch in fisherman <laughs> magazine you know so or i mean in fisherman television so yep. um we kind of learned uh you know we learned from our our parents and and uh they learned from their buddies but it was it was much slower back then you had to get in the boat with people and and uh you know see it firsthand but now now it's uh, the information just travels so much faster. It does, and and you you had good parents to learn from when it comes to fishing, particularly bass fishing. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the boat um, with with dad and and my uncle John, and you know they really switched to bass fishing in the oh I would say in the mid seventies. Um, there was a a number of guys in the Bemidji area that became interested in in bass fishing, and and tournament angling was something that the uh, bass federation um was promoting and and there was clubs uh formed around the state and bemidji formed a club that was very very competitive but it was interesting that they they kind of learned uh you know they weren't they didn't grow up bass fishing they grew up fishing for whatever bit or chasing more panfish walleyes and pike and and they uh they kind of learned together and and a lot of those guys became very good bass fishermen um, I think because they were pretty good fishermen to start with, mm-hmm. and uh, they knew, you know, they knew what a bite felt like, but they just needed to be kind of schooled in the the right techniques and, and the areas to do it. But uh, yeah, it was a very it was a big big club that was very successful, and they won uh, some state titles and sent some guys to other states, you know, to some regional tournaments. And so I was fortunate to to fish in that club for a couple of years when I was I think sixteen and seventeen years old, and and uh learned a lot you know jumping in the boat with with some of the other um guys that were were learning too but i guess you could say we, we kind of learned together but it was a slower learning curve for sure give you a chance here to pump up northland tackle i i've seen it online a little bit from you tell me some of the new stuff you're using that you really like sure well a big thing is uh, eye candy and that is a series of soft plastic baits that are made out of a special kind of plastic that is very um, durable. It's uh, when fish bite it, it, they can't break it off. They can't, you know, take the tail off of your jig. Um, 
and uh, I guess one of the benefits of that is you can you can pretty much put one on your jig and fish with it all day. Um, it's it's yet it's very soft. And uh, another you know nice thing about that is when we're fishing, whether it's walleyes, and we're using the same plastics for bass when they bite and uh, sometimes don't get the you know get the hook. Um, with conventional plastics, a lot of times they pull your plastics down uh, on your jig and kind of follow up the action of the presentation, and they they often won't bite again. But with these uh, new plastics um, that the eye candy is is designed with, it uh, it it holds to the jig, and you can just continue to re- your retrieve. And a lot of times they'll just they'll bite again. Um, and there's some different shapes that you know that we're using. There's a there's a paddle a paddle shad and that has a, a small shad tail that that has a little action and we um cast that on a you know on a jig and, and retrieve it just a steady retrieve and it and it swims looks like a minnow um they also have a a uh minnow style or profile that doesn't have an action tail it's just kind of a a fork tail on it and um or a straight tail i should say and it and it has um you know the the angler puts more imparts more of the action on that, and we use that um, more with a jigging, you know, a jigging action closer to the bottom, um, hopping that along the bottom. Um, and there's a couple other shapes too that you know that are available. And that's what's kind of interesting is the you talk about social media. The the eye candy was you know was set to be introduced into next year's catalog and lineup and and through social media um some of the northland's pro staff got a hold of some of it to test and they liked it so much they started talking about it and a few of them i think hit the social media uh airwaves and and um a little too soon and created some demand for it which is good and they were able to actually get some production on it and decided to launch it this summer when it wasn't planned to launch until you know next uh next season so that was a that was a kind of a nice surprise um but that's the power of you know the social media and having a good product that that people like and and are willing to share Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, again, we we talked about that earlier how things have changed as far as learning and knowing and and it certainly helps with marketing too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so you know, I've talked to muskie guys about this. You know, if, if people listening to the show, you know, they've been doing a lot of pan fishing, crappie fishing, walleye fishing, and, and they're thinking, well, let's try muskies. You know, um, I, I have to talk to the muskie guys and say, look, lay it out. I mean, what all do we need? And it's yep. it's quite a change. Um, how much of a change is it for somebody who wants to take up bass fishing? It's not real, you know, it's, it's not a big change um, as far as the gear goes from someone who's, you know, into fishing in general. You know, if you're if you're into walleye fishing or pan fishing, your gear will work for for bass. Especially, I think you know the midsummer and on. Uh, most of our bass are 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 out away from the what we call the emergent vegetation. You know, they're not up in the bulrushes. I mean, there still are some, but they they aren't all up in the bulrushes and the lily pads where you do you do need some specialized equipment up in that country to extract, you know, to 
to get the bass out of the you know out of the cover but but most of our bass this time of year are are out on the deeper weed lines in our lakes the water when the water warms up um you know and really by the end of june a lot of our largemouth they head out to the really the deepest weeds they can find um so in a lot of our lakes you know the weeds grow out and and you can see them on your electronics or you can just um you know, throw a lure down there and, and you can feel around and you can kind of tell where the weeds end. And because of, uh, you know, the light penetration, the weeds will only grow out so deep. But on our clear lakes, we have, you know, some lakes have a weed line out, you know, 18 or 20 feet. But a lot of them, you know, the good weeds that the, the bass like to hang in kind of start to thin out in that, you know, 12 to 13 foot range. And uh, they don't, necessarily um grow in you know real real heavy patches uh but you can fish those areas with your standard walleye equipment just a medium action spinning rod with the same line that you use for walleye fishing um and we're fishing a lot of our bass on small jigs with small plastics and and you know another thing that northland came out with this summer is an elite series of of jigs and they call them elite series finesse jigs and they're they're jigs that are built for fishing smaller plastics um they have a nedster jig which is a a ned style jig that's just a kind of a mushroom shaped jig with a with a fairly compact hook on it Um, they have another finesse football jig um, which is a, a small football-shaped jig that will um, kind of stand up and not tip over as easy as a standard round jig. But we're fishing those uh, in those areas with small plastics, like I'm talking three- and four-inch plastics, and we're using a lot of the um, straight-tail worms, like the, the bass fishermen referred to them as, as Ned worms, um, and we're also using some small action tail, you know, some uh, action tail worms as well. But uh, you can fish in those areas with the same equipment that you use for your jig and walleye fishing. Um, and the, the key for catching those fish out in those areas is to fish slow. And you want to find those patches of weeds, cast that jig in there, and, and let it fall straight to the bottom. And 90% of your bites will come on that initial drop. Um, bass are quite the predators and will move a long distance and they'll move quickly to to capture their prey and um if when when you when you cast that jig out and let it fall straight down you're going to attract fish from a you know a radius of you know 10 to 20 feet probably um that are very aware of what's going on around them and above them and a lot of times when that jig hits the water even though it's 12 feet of water they know it's there um it's just like um they know when there's a dragonfly on the on the surface or when there's an injured, you know, bluegill that's kind of struggling on the surface, and they'll shoot right up and get it. Um, but you really want to let that fall in there. And, you know, back to your question, the, you know, the standard equipment that you use for, for walleye fishing will, will get you by. If you want to expand into, you know, getting some other equipment, I would, you know, I would recommend, you know, investing in a, a bait casting setup that would be, you know, something in, uh, you know, medium to medium heavy action that you could cast a variety of lures with. We throw a lot of spinner baits, 
uh, chatter baits, top water baits, and you could really fish, you know, all those categories of lures on on the same rod and kind of experiment with with what you like and um, become you know comfortable with with a bait caster. A lot of people don't fish with bait casting equipment, um, but it really is essential if you get into some of those lures that pull a little bit harder, you know, and that's why the musky guys are 100%, you know, big beefy rods with, with bait casters that have some serious gears in them. And, um, they, it's just necessary, but, but again, for bass fishing, you know, you can, and, and the walleye guys that fish, you know, our lakes, they know because they've caught bass when if you're out fishing walleyes right now with a jig and minnow in those same areas you're gonna you're gonna find some bass too and and they're catching them and they're catching smallmouth too as they expand on our lakes because they're targeting some of those same areas at the smallmouth lake those little rock piles and sand breaks and and things like that so it's not it's not as complicated as musky fishing uh, as far as the gear goes that's for sure that's a pretty complicated one that and uh I suppose you need a little bigger year when you're going after those sturgeon in the spring too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a uh, that's a little. But the musky guys, they they got the equipment for that. You know, that's a. Uh, sure. And we do have. I mean, our bass gear. If we go sturgeon fishing, we grab you know our heavy bass gear. You know, uh, we we've got rods. You know, it's a it's a gamut of rods and and um, you know that's there's definitely different uh, rods that you know and and reels and line setup that that work for different applications. Um, and it's kind of like golfing, you know, a, a golfer has a lot of clubs in the bag and they're, they all have a different, you know, uh, they're, they're each a tool for a, a different, uh, situation, I guess. Um, but for the most part, you know, when I go bass fishing right now around home, I'm grabbing my spinning rods that are spooled up with, you know, eight pound line and I'm using small jigs and small plastics and, and sticking to the weed lines, you know, in that, uh, nine to twelve foot range. Okay. Um, so if we're going to go out fishing here in the next couple of weeks, what do we need to have in the boat? What should we be doing? Sure. Well, I'm gonna. I guess I'll talk about bass fishing because I, sure. I haven't fished walleye as much, um, you know, since June. But uh, again, I would I would stick to the weed lines with uh, some jigs and plastics. Um, I really like the Northland's Nedster jig. If you can get your hands on those. Um, they're new and and they might uh, be tough to find in the stores, but uh, I think they're available online. But a Ned jig is is a mushroom shaped jig that stands up on the bottom and and pair that with a a small plastic, um, you know, a, a three or four inch plastic straight tail worm has been you know one of our the Senko style worms have been uh, really good and and I would stick to that. You're going to get the most bites fishing that that presentation hands down right now on our lakes as far as largemouth goes and uh, that presentation is small enough that you'll catch a you know you'll catch a crappie now and then uh every now and then you'll get a bluegill um and then as far as panfish goes right now they're they're in the same 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 areas and we're using our, our electronics a lot as we're fishing down the weed lines and we're seeing tons of bluegills and crappies out in those same areas and we or, you know, if, if we wanted to spend more time catching those, I would definitely scale down to a, a gypsy jig. Um, and I think right now, I don't think you need any bait. I think you can cast or, or troll a, a small jig, like a, like a 32nd or 16th ounce gypsy jig, um, along those, uh, outside weed lines. And you're going to have a lot of action. And that's what I'd be doing the next few weeks. Um, 
you know, our water's starting to cool down already. Yeah. Uh, we're getting some, you know, 50 degree nights and, and that's gonna, that's gonna make that weed line bite even better as, as we go. I think, uh, the, the fish will spread out a little bit as fall comes, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, some of them will move back up on the flats. Um, but the, the, the big key is the fish just become more, more willing to bite as, as the water cools down, they become more active and they kind of sense that, uh, you know, the, the winter is coming and they better, uh, they better feed up a little more before, uh, old man winter shows up here. When we return, we'll ask Travis about his other passion. I'm Bill Rosenau, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Cast a line this summer and discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, with over 400 lakes and a 25-mile radius, creates a premier destination for all anglers. With an abundance of multi-species available, you'll catch more fish, bigger fish, and create better stories to last a lifetime. For more information, go to visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points down further. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Travis Peterson is my guest. He is a passionate angler. He's also a passionate basketball coach. Well, before we wrap it up, uh, you know, we got to talk a little hoops. I mean, uh, you are, after all, right a basketball coach, and, and, and you're going to keep going, huh? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm going to stick with, uh, with the coaching uh, as a drilled assistant with uh, Darren Schultz as our head coach at the high school, and um, uh, I worked under him last year. Uh, this will be my third year, I guess, in the girls' program after, I think, eight years or nine nine years on the boys' side. So it's been a fun run, and uh, we had a good summer. Uh, we've got a good bunch of girls in the program, and and I really uh, really like our coaching staff and, and the kids that we have in the program. So it's uh, pretty easy to to show up at the gym every day, and, and uh, you know, it doesn't seem like work to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, you, you've been on both sides uh, of uh, the equation, boys and girls basketball, so I'd love to get your thought on this. Uh, how much is the shot clock going to change things this year? You know, I don't think it's going to change it a ton as far as the bulk of the game. Um, it's going to change it down the stretch, you know, in the last few minutes where a team has a lead and uh, they're not going to be able to hold the ball um, and kind of milk that clock as a strategy that, you know, I, I really used a lot when we had the shot clock and it was great when you had the lead, but it wasn't fun when you didn't. (laughs) So, you know, it, I, I understand the, the, uh, national movement towards the shot clock. It's, it's, you know, it's Minnesota is one of the few States that doesn't have, you know, didn't have it and and we're going to have it this year. I don't think it'll change it a lot. Um, like I say, until the last couple minutes, but it will definitely change things down the stretch. Um, you know, early on in the game, I think most teams are putting up, you know, putting up shots within 20 seconds of, you know, of crossing half court or even taking possession of the ball. So I don't think it's going to be a huge factor. You might see some changes in the defenses that teams play. You know, zone might become zone defenses might become a little more popular now because you're really trying to pack it in and force teams to, you know, take a long a longer shot. Um, that is, de- you know, you're gonna definitely see some more zone defense um, 
maybe not quite as much ball pressure, um, you know, on the on the perimeter uh, because teams know that clock is winding down, and and uh, rather than gamble and and get out of position on defense, uh, you know, teams might sit tight and, and hope for you know the offense to take a a less less than um, desirable shot, I guess, and so. I guess we'll see. We'll find out. Um, okay. We didn't have a chance to even use it this summer. We we do have uh, shot clocks in place now at at Bemidji High School, and we're ready to rock. But uh, we didn't have we weren't able to use them uh, during our our summer uh, scrimmages and such. Okay. All right. Well, that is gonna it is gonna be interesting to see for sure. Well, before we wrap it up, Travis, we got to do a f- uh, fast five. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Here we go. Travis Peterson, fast five. One, two, three, four. Fast five. Question number one: Dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay, no, no, unquestionably. Unquestionably. Do you have one right now? I have two. Oh wow! Okay, you're serious then. Uh, question number two: when Travis Peterson got home from school and got his one hour of television. What was the show he needed to watch? Hmm. Duke's a hazard. <laughs> I've, I've heard that a few times. Had a few times. <laughs> Question number three. You have found out you have uh, one day to live. You have one more meal. What's it going to be? Lasagna. Lasagna. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Question number four. Are you a pop drinker? Yeah. What's your favorite? Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew. Need that caffeine, huh? Yeah, every now and then I'll have a sugar-free sunkiss, orange sunkiss as well. Okay. And finally, question number five. Who is your favorite actor? If he's in the movie, you're going to be there. Uh, favorite actor. Uh, let's see. That's a tough one. I'm not a big movie buff, Dev. Okay. Um, favorite actor. You're too, you're too busy uh, living real life to, to worry about. It, yeah, right? I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch much TV anymore um, or movies. You're, you're and uh, I would have to go. Yeah, I would have to go back um, <laughs> a ways. Kevin Costner. Okay, yeah, you can't go wrong with Kevin Costner. He's been in some great ones. But yeah, I, he's. I, I I have watched quite a bit of Yellowstone. I guess so that's one thing that I did watch in the last. Uh, in the last couple of years here, last few years, and and uh, he's he's still pretty good. Yep. Well, good for you for you know not uh, tying up your brain with the movies and TV. Good for you. <laughs> right. Travis Peterson joining me today, getting us caught up with everything going on on the lake scene. And Travis, thanks for the time today, and good luck next time you're out on the water. Thanks, Kevin. It's always uh, fun to talk to you. Fun by the 